Won't he make a way? He'll make a way. So thankful about it. I like that song that they sing every time I turn around, he's making a way. A way where there seems like there is no way. God's able to do it. We could trust him, believe him, know that he's going to come through. I was just talking to someone about this the other day. I said, it's so easy to believe these, you know, when everything's going good, God lays a promise on you, you know, nothing's really happening bad in your life and you're reading his word. And you're like, man, these are some great promises, but just let one thing go sideways and we forget about all the good promises. But you have to remember that the Lord said there'd be tribulation in this world. Don't think that it's strange, the fire trial you're going through, like this is something happening that shouldn't be happening. It's going to come. But God's going to be with us through all of it. He said, I'll be with you all the way. He prayed, don't, don't take them out of the world. Just, let's just keep them from the evil that's in the world. Don't let it have dominion over them. So you just realize that you're not going to be defeated by a lesser foe in this world. God's uh, greater is he that's in you. So you just keep trusting the Lord and hanging on to him. He'll come through every time. Every time I turn around, he's making a way. Not just sometimes, but every time. He always comes through. I'm thankful for him. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. If you had to swim in, I hope it was pleasant. It was, I tell you, it was like Niagara Falls over here a little while ago. But um, no, we're, we're thankful. I know the Lord sends the rain. He knows when we need it. Um, last week, who remembers what we taught on last week? The eye and unity, that's right. You get a, a sucker after, see me after service. I get you a, a, the eye and unity. And I was uh, thinking about that today. I'm actually going to teach a little bit on something that helps us in unity. So tonight, um, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Proverbs chapter 6, the I in unity, one of the main themes behind the lesson was what can I do to maintain unity? Because we, we gave you the demonstration that whenever you remove the I from unity, it changes it to a completely different word that is the opposite of unity, a loosing, you know, to, uh, for things to be undone. And that's not what we want in the body. We're in one body by one spirit. We're to be unified. And so we realize that the I is very important in unity. I am very important to unity as you are. And so we must, as Paul said in Ephesians, endeavor. That means to really work hard at something. If you endeavor, you're, you're working hard to accomplish something. Uh, so he said, work hard at, at keeping the unity of the Spirit. And so we want to we endeavor to keep unity in the body uh, because when uh, the body is out of sync, when there's divisions and, and uh, breakups in the body, nothing works right. So we, wanna, we want our body to work right. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about something that will help us that we can do. The, everything that I read tonight, you just keep thinking in your mind, this is what I can do to make sure I am keeping unity in the, in the body. So Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, uh, 
I know this is like, ooh, this sounds like a, a bad lesson already. <laughs> These six things does the Lord hate, and seven are an abomination unto him. Very important to hear that because anything the scripture says in Revelation that anything that is an abomination don't make it in. Abominations don't hear well done. They hear depart. So these things we'll remember. So six things the Lord hates. The seventh, uh, they're an abomination unto him. A proud look. We know pride goes before destruction. We don't need to be patting ourselves on the back. Everything we have comes from him. A proud look, a lying tongue. It can also relate because of the time that we live in or lying thumbs. Yeah, because if you text it or you type it, it's the same as saying it. If you don't know, <laughs> now you do. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. You know, we need to be careful with just what we think. Be careful about just making up stuff in your heart, creating scenarios that not have it happened. And man, you get that stuff going so much that you, you start believing it actually happened. So you got to be careful about a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Feet that are swift and running to mischief be chasing the ambulance. <laughs> a false witness that speaketh lies. Now, he already said he hated the lying tongue, but this is different because he's, he said he hates a false witness, someone who is making up things about someone else. And then this abomination, he that soweth discord or makes a division among brethren. So tonight we're going to talk about the eye in unity we're going to talk about taming the tongue. Ooh. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word and the instruction. Lord, we thank you, God, that you have put these things here for us so that we might learn and be better. Be better at unity. Be better at serving you. Be better at loving others. Tonight, God, let our hearts be open. Let the fallow ground be broken up and let the word just take root. Let us grow and be better, be changed tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a big shout tonight. He's worthy. Thank you, Lord. It's not going to all be bad. Come on. You can be seated. I got a spoonful of sugar. It helps the medicine go down. It'll be all right. Yay. So we'll just... Wow, I don't like them, them kind of things. Well, you know, sometimes you need to know, you know, we always like, what, what can I do? But sometimes we need to know what not to do. You know, uh, as parents raising children, we do spend a great deal of time telling our newborns and small children what not to do. Don't play in the street. Don't touch that iron. Don't mess with that fire. Don't put your finger in that socket. It's, you know, because they need to know what not to do. Because, well, it just looks like my little finger would fit right in there. It will. Once. 
So we're trying to tell you what not to do because we would like to see you continue to grow and be healthy. And there are things that God tells us not to do. I was like, oh, that's the church for you, always telling us what we can't do. Listen, the church can never tell you what you can't do because the church can never take your free will away. We tell you what you should not do according to Scripture so you don't end up in the hot seat. We're trying to tell you how to live your life uh, and, and do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with God. We're telling you to, how to keep his commandments. We're, we're just trying to help you to be honest and sincere in sight of God because if you say you love him, he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So uh, a lot of the commandments are, this is what you don't do. Oh, everybody wants to, you know, we want the Ten Commandments back up. Man, how many thou shalt nots are in that? So, uh, so there are great things, and in the book of Proverbs, there's great wisdom in there, and a lot of that wisdom is, tells you what not to do. And I'm glad that some people have told me what not to do. Don't open the door on that plane when it's at 10,000 feet. Everybody won't be sucked out and we won't all die. That's, so I'm telling you what not to do. And sometimes uh, telling you what not to do will help keep you in line, uh, help your life to be more healthy, productive, and happy, and you will help promote unity in the body. Everything that was listed there in Proverbs, those six things, even the seventh, were all things that cause division. It, causes, uh, it breaks up relationships, friendships. Uh, it can wreck a church, split a church and cause a, a work to just cease. And so we want to make sure that we are not in a place where we are letting our, our tongue rule the roost, where we're just, um, you know, uh, some people, they, you know, you, they just can't help it. They just lie. They, they are. They just lie. And, uh, and I think that, that they have convinced themselves they're not lying sometimes. It's, uh, I think that those kind of things are, you know, it's serious. It, it, there's an addiction to it. It's a spirit. Yeah. It's a thing that gets a hold of them. And uh, sometimes people lie because they're not satisfied with their life. They want to create a better version of themselves. Uh, they want to be, they want to feel like they know something. They want to feel like they're important. So they just talk about things and say things when it's not even true. Shouldn't do it. Shouldn't do it. God don't like it. So, well, don't worry about what I think about it. You worry about what he thinks about it. He said he didn't like it. He said he hates those things. He hates a lying tongue. All liars shall have their place in where? Where are they going? The lake that burneth with fire. So, hey, I just want to make sure um, that I'm not lying. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be something that God hates. And I don't want to be something that's going to be uh, a division in the church. I don't want to cause division in the church. Uh, I want to be able to provide things honest in the sight of God and all men. So uh, as we are learning here about the tongue, taming the tongue, uh, these are things, those six things that uh, he listed in Proverbs are things that you and I can make sure we are not doing and it will help promote unity. In the book of James, uh, chapter 3, and the first, uh, I know this is a, a lot, but it reads quick, the first 11 verses, James begins to uh, talk about some things that we as brethren should be doing or not doing. He said, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. Then he, he starts talking about this man right here that we need to strive to be. 
if any man offend not in word, he is a perfect. It means he's without other faults. It means he's complete, and he's able also to bridle the whole body. Uh, and we'll see in just a minute what he's talking about is that he's saying this man, if he can bridle his tongue, he's mastered everything else because that's the member that no man can tame. But we've tamed our hands, our eyes, our feet, uh, you know, our minds and things like that, but it's that tongue that we have problem with. He said, but if he's got that down, it just seems to follow suit that he's got everything else under control. If he's not speaking evil and, and saying awful things, doing like you can just about guarantee it that everything else is under control. And he said, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth. You know what that is, the, that you can hold the reins and so you can guide the horse. And he said that they may obey us. This giant, powerful horse is turned by that bit that's in his mouth. And he said, in these little reins, that's what it, it turns that, that, that horse and uh, we turn their whole body. A ship out in the ocean, he said, though they be so great, they are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm and whithersoever the governor or the driver listed. So even so is the tongue. It's a little member. It boasteth great things. And behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. So the, the tongue is able to start a serious fire. Fire destroys things. Fire burns things up. It, 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 it consumes things. And he said it's little, just like that, um, that, that little rudder on a ship. But man, it can turn... Uh, you know, great speakers would get whole countries to follow them. They would stand up and they would give a speech. They haven't proven or shown anything yet, but it was just their words and the countries united behind them. Hitler, if you have ever watched any of his speeches and just watched the reaction of people, how they were. In the scripture, there was a king in the book of Acts and said he got up and he gave this great, great uh, speech and they were all like it's the voice of a God it's the voice of a God and because he didn't give God glory God smote him and he died and he was eaten of worms but um, but you see just with the words he was able to pull them in and so uh, the, we've got to be careful because that tongue is a powerful powerful uh, member it's not it can be used as a weapon I mean uh, it, can, it can hurt people, so we have to be careful with it. And so the tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, and here's where we are. It doesn't stop being this fire just because it's sitting in the pew. It's got to be contained. It's got to be tamed. It's got to be taken care of. He said uh, it defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature. It's set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, birds, serpents, things in the sea, is, all that stuff's tamed, and it has been tamed by mankind, but the tongue can no man tame, or flesh can't tame it. We're going to see uh, why we need that new birth here in a minute. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison, because with this we bless God, even the Father, and with it we curse men who are made after the similitude of God, or made in the likeness of God, so we praise God and bless God and pray to God with it, talk about how much we love him, and then turn around and curse those that were made in his image. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. 
Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? You can't switch it on and off. We're, we're a fountain, we're not a faucet. It's not hot water and cold water. I don't like you, here's the hot water. I like you, here's the good, cool, refreshing water. Here's the sweet water. And he said, it can't come, it can't be sweet and bitter. It's either sweet or bitter. It's just like the Lord saying, either make the tree good or make it corrupt. You, you, you go, it's going to be you that makes it that way. So what can I do to make sure I am maintaining unity as far as this, this, this old tongue goes? Because God wants us to have unity. Even in the things that we talk, that we say. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He said, I want you speaking the same things. That's not just doctrine as far as how, how are we saved or, or that we believe in one God or these things like this, but that you're speaking the same things concerning everything that the Lord has talked to us about, that you speak the same things about mercy and forgiveness and love and care and being tenderhearted. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's what you are saying because people can, uh, can you, know, you, you can look the part, you can act the part, but then open your mouth. You know, somebody said it's better to, uh, you know, let people think you're a fool, to stay quiet and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Well, that's, that works even in the church. You know, it'd be better for you to just be quiet and let everybody think you're saved than to open your mouth and prove you're not. Well, pastor's salty tonight. Well, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you some things that, that, uh, that, that, that speech can destroy who you are. It can destroy your credibility. It can ruin your reputation. It can ruin your ministry. It can ruin confidence that people had in you. You've got to be careful with what you say because it's so easy sometimes. You know, even a horse, if you slack up a little bit, man, he'll turn to go where he wants to go. You, If you're riding, you pay attention. You know, because... Give that horse, let him hear something, or uh, you know, if, if you just barely holding on the reins and there's a loud noise or something, he's you know, and you off, and he's gone. And, and but if you've got the the reins, so if you can pull a ho ho ho, you, you can control what's going on here. But you let go of the reins right here, it's gonna get you in trouble. Because I, I can I can tell you, you, you you tell a lie, it can always be found out. You know, there's a scripture that talks about be careful about uh, don't be cursing the king and things like that in your bedchamber and don't be saying things you think you're in secret because a bird of the air will carry your words. And I said, you know what? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of birds. Text messages are a bird. Because as soon as you text that to somebody, all they got to do is screenshot it and it can go anywhere. Yeah, social media, that's one of them little birds. You'd be surprised how many people have texted things that they never wanted read, but they got read. Sometimes we think it's God. It's, well, they, they would, nobody would ever find out if people wasn't gossiping. No, sometimes it's just birds just dropping off a message. Be careful. He said, brethren, 
Be careful, brethren, what you're doing. I know everybody's like, I wish you'd preach something different, Pastor. This is good teaching. It's good teaching. I, I got to remember this. I got to remember this. It's, it's my job to talk. I got to be careful what I say. I know that. And so, uh, but here what Paul is saying is that there's unity. Even in what you speak, we speak the same thing. So there's no divisions among you. We perfectly join together in the same mind, same judgment. 2 Corinthians 4.13. And this is uh, really good. We having the same spirit of faith according as it, as it is written. Now listen, I, here's that I in unity. I believed and therefore have I spoken. Your belief should regulate how you speak. And we think about all oh, faith in miracles, signs, and wonders. Anything that you speak that is scriptural is faith. If you speak mercy, you've got to speak it by faith because that's what, we, what, what does the Bible say? The merciful shall obtain mercy. Well, that's scripture. And scripture produces faith. And if you obey scripture without faith, there's no benefit to it. If you're just saying, you know, all right, here you go. There's some people that will never, ever murder anybody because they think, man, that's just wrong. But no, I don't believe in God. So they're not obeying that scripture by faith. It just That's in their flesh. But the flesh can't tame the tongue. It can't do it. Uh, it says no man. That means no flesh can tame the tongue. And so I want to make sure that uh, I'm going to, we're going to talk about the tame in just a minute. Don't worry, I'm, I'm getting there. But I want you to hear this. He said, uh, however I speak, it is predicated by what I believe. And if I believe that I should be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving to one another, that will regulate my speech. If I believe that I should love uh, everybody, according to the scriptures, what it says, then it's going to regulate how I talk to people. If I believe that uh, God concluded us all in unbelief so he could have mercy on all of us, or if I believe that there's none righteous, no, not one, then it's going to regulate how I speak to other people. And if I believe that God hates lying, I won't lie. If I believe that God hates false witness, I won't be a false witness. If God believes that, uh, that uh, you know, or if he says in his word, I don't want you causing division, then I'm not going to say anything that's going to cause division. It's not going to do it because I want my speech to be regulated by what I believe. I believe and therefore have I spoken. And he said, we also believe and therefore we speak. The apostle said, we live by this. And so now the church lives by this. That's what we do. We live by those things. And so if there's anything that I know in this life and in this world, and especially as a pastor, I can tell you, if there's anything that can hurt uh, a saint or a church body, it is that tongue. It will destroy unity. Uh, it will burn it up. And no man can take it or can tame it. It takes the Spirit of God. You know how, how they knew that they were filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost? They heard them all speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Here's what Romans 8 and 13 says, If you live after the flesh, you shall die. That scripture is very akin to what Jesus told Peter when he said, Put that sword up because all that take up the sword or that live by the sword will die by it. If you live after the flesh and you're, you're always giving in to the flesh and, and if, if, if your bad thing with the flesh is, is lying, that lying will 
kill you. It will kill your walk. It'll kill your reputation. It'll kill your credibility. You've got to stop living after the flesh. You will die. But if you through the Spirit, that's big S, that's Holy Ghost. If you through the Holy Ghost will mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Let me tell you, when you are filled with His Spirit and, uh, and will live by the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, as Paul wrote in Galatians, he said, uh, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh in Galatians 5. So whenever we live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, we can mortify the deeds of the flesh. How many people, when you came to God and you were born again, were you able to stop habits or bad things that you used to do? Maybe you used to watch things you shouldn't watch and you, you stopped. Because the Bible says I was sitting on a wicked thing before my eyes in the spirit the word of God, the spirit of truth, it leads me into all truth. So I saw that, so I'm not going to do that anymore. So that's what the Bible says. Well, it, it, all that, that spirit will work on what you watch, what you hear, what you do with your hands, where your feet take you, what you think in your heart, what you think in your mind, and it will also help you with what you say with your mouth. If you will let the spirit of God lead you and be filled with the spirit, uh, don't just feel the Spirit, but be filled with the Spirit. It'll be like a river of living water. It's going to be that cool, sweet water that refreshes people. So you, uh, it, the tongue ain't always bad. We're, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, so I'm not just saying, ask, if the tongue was just always bad, I'd just say, let's just all cut our tongue out. And we'll just text each other for a living. You know, it's, you know, but um, the, the, this damaging, destructive, dividing tongue can be controlled but not by the flesh. No man can tame it, just on our own. The spirit must have control. It's just like you know, the evidence of the spirit in us, uh, like it was on the day of Pentecost, speaking in other tongues as the spirit gave utterance. The spirit had control. They, they were no longer, they were just worshiping God. They were no longer, they weren't trying to quench the spirit. They were just letting it flow. They were waiting to receive the promise and they were filled and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The, now the Spirit had control. That's how you're going to tame that tongue. Is you're going to have to uh, have the Spirit. And, I, you know, it, it talks about bridling that tongue. But I, I realized, you know, as relating to horses, the reason a lot of people have a hard time bridling their tongue is because they haven't saddled their heart. And what I mean is that they... they you know, because out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, it, you know, uh, you put a bit and a bridle on a horse, and you're going to throw a saddle on there too. So you got somewhere to hold on. You got somewhere to put your feet down. You got something to, to ride on. You, I, I've saddled this. This is my horse. People that ride horses, they got a saddle. That's my saddle. What you do? I put it on my horse. You know what? We need to saddle our heart with God's word. It'll be a lot easier holding on them reins and bridling that. So the reason people have a problem bridling that tongue is because they won't saddle their heart. They won't, or they won't settle their heart, and uh, they won't give it over to the Lord. But enough about all the bad stuff, because having this wonderful gift of speech also gives us the opportunity to not just tear down or destroy or kill or hurt, but it gives us the ability to promote Life, love, liberty, peace, encouragement, 
Man, it, it, there's so many wonderful things that we can do with this great gift. Look at God speaking the world into existence. Look at him telling us, you live by every word that proceeds out of my mouth. I'm, I'm just, every word I speak, Jesus said, the words I speak are spirit and their life. And so I say, hey, I want to be like Jesus. Well, then every word I speak should be spirit and life. Should not be hate and division and anger and bitterness and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it should be spirit and it should be life. Proverbs 10 and 20 says, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. Man, well, that's great. It's valuable. It has value. It means something. It's, you know, people have silver collections and uh, they, they're, they're valued and they, they pass them down. You know, they keep them as an inheritance and they pass them down. And people say, this, this silver has been in my family forever. Don't you want to pass good things down to your kids? You know, you know the worst things that can happen for kids is for them to hear their parents just bad-mouthing, cursing, fussing, lying, talking about church in a negative way. You know, you, a lot of kids don't want to go to church because they hear their parents talking about it like they can't stand it. And that's why, you wonder why their kids don't want to go to church? Well, they've listened to you talk about the church to everybody. So the tongue of the justice is choice silver. He said the heart of the wicked is little worth. And it's, he mentions the heart because if there is a breakdown, then it's a heart issue because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And out of the heart, he said, keep it with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And so uh, if I'm not keeping my heart, my words won't be kept either. Proverbs 12 and 18, there is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword. So you got the, you got the power to wound with it but the tongue of the wise is help. Ain't nothing like giving an, giving an encouraging word. There's nothing like receiving an encouraging word. word. We talk about, you know, we've told our kids this from the time they were little. We were always taught this, and I believe it. Words have power. They have power to hurt. People say, oh, sticks and stone up, whatever. Uh, nonsense. You know words do hurt. They do hurt, spoken or unspoken. They hurt. And so when he's, he's saying here is that your words can be like a sword that's piercing people and hurting people, or it could be help. When people are down, it can pick them up. When they're sad, it can encourage them. When they're depressed, it can lift them up. When they're feeling, uh, you know, faithless, it can build faith. You know, uh, you, you never know what just a kind word sometimes uh, helps someone realize, hey, people realize I'm here. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in that tongue is a breach in the spirit or division. So again, if there's something, if our speech, it will always show us in our heart. Always. It will always echo what we believe. Uh, it'll, it will eventually come out. You can't disguise it. Proverbs 31 and 26, when he's referring to the, the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, it says, when she opens her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. That's, that's there. That's, that's how she speaks. Kind words and, and, and good words. Isaiah 50 and 4 says that the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. 
that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. God's people should know how to lift one another up. It's been too much, too long, and it's time to be done for God's people to be perfectionists at tearing each other down. Well, you might as well amen it. It's been too much, you know, uh, even Paul wrote in one place, he said, man, I hear that there's fighting among you and wars among you and you're backbiting. And he said, be careful, you're going to devour each other. He, he knew it was going on then and it goes on now. And it's time for that nonsense to cut out. It, it, it's, you know, yes, people are going to have different opinions about things. That's going to happen. But just to be malicious, just to try to hurt people, just say things to, to be a, a bully and, and, and push your way around people, that stuff's got to stop. He said, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. We're supposed to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're supposed to learn some things. If we've been serving God, and we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, and we've been listening to the Spirit, it will teach you. And, in, you know, of course, some people sit in school and get taught all day long and don't learn nothing. But we need to listen to what the Spirit is saying so we can be taught, and then we will know how to speak a word uh, in season to him that's weary. We will, we'll know what to say. I don't know what to say to him. Listen to what the Holy Ghost would say. Just be kind. It costs nothing. You know, people always say, well, I'm going to put my two cents in. <sighs> Man, let me tell you, that two cents, it ain't worth two cents. Anytime somebody starts talking about putting their two cents in, they fix it. It, it, it buys a world of hurt. That's about all it does. Keep your, keep your two cents. Put it in the bank and, and, and let it draw interest or something. But, but keep it out of my life. I don't need your two cents. And he said, speak a word to someone who's weary. Lift them up. Encourage them. Love them. Tell them how good they're doing. Tell them you're going to be there for them. And tell us, instead of telling them, I told you so. You got what you deserved. You know, it, we should know this. This is what he said. God gave us that so we would know how to do it. So the eye in unity is knowing how to do these things, knowing how to use this wonderful gift of speech to encourage and to lift up and to sing and to pray. You know, we, we sing and praise to him. Why is it so hard to, to praise people who are made in his image? Why is it so hard to tell people, we, we, I love you, Lord. Well, why is it so hard to look at your brother and sister and say, I love you? And not be something, you know, crazy. I ain't talking about getting inappropriate with people. I'm just saying we love each other in the love of the Lord. You know, I, I, I don't know hardly anybody that I've ever met and, and seen them more than once or twice and told them, hey, man, I love you. And I was at a funeral not too long ago. I saw some people that I went to high school with and seen them a long time. And I was getting ready to go, and I turned back around, went up to him, and I said, hey, I want you to know something. They are like, okay. I said, I love you. I'm not confessing I had some secret crush from high school on you. I'm just telling you, you're my friend. You always have been since way back when, and I love you. Praying for you. Hope, hope things go good in your life. And Oh, okay, yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> freak them out, man. But love them. Just love them. 
love people and, and, and you can convey it. And, of course, we shouldn't just love in word only, but the Bible says indeed also because we do know that those actions will speak louder than words sometimes, so we need to, to remember that. But I want to make sure that uh, this wonderful gift that God gave us, that I'm just not, he didn't give it, it's not like a cannon protecting your castle. I'm just going to shoot off at the mouth every chance I get. Uh, uh, we don't want to do that. And so just seeing all these good things, we can preach, teach, encourage, we can bless, pray, we can warn people, we can express love and gratitude and concern or any other positive emotion with our tongue. We don't have to lie or gossip. We don't. We can use it for good things. So I, I'm not doomed and you're not doomed, and the church is not doomed to just be troubled by the tongue because it is like every other member of the body. Your eye can get you in trouble. Your ears can get you in trouble. Your hands can get you in trouble. You know, you, your mind, there's a lot of parts of the body that can get you in trouble, but we conquer it through the Spirit, and we can tame the tongue through the Spirit. But I must desire that. I must want to do that. I can't just... Uh, yeah, I hope it happens. I've got to want to be better. You know, when we come to the Lord, we, people say, man, the Lord just took that off me. And I, I, I get that because there was a lot of things God helped me with. But I realized I still had a desire to be away from it. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, if God don't want me to do that, he'll just take that desire away. But what if his word says you shouldn't do that? but I still have a desire to do it. But his word says you shouldn't do it. Well, if God don't want me to do it, he'll take the desire away. God is not going to make you a robot. He's not going to program you. Uh, he's going to give you the, the tools, the ability. Uh, you're going to have power after the Spirit comes on you and it, it can lead you in all truth. And if you'll be led by the Spirit, you won't desire those things anymore. You won't desire those things of the world. Yeah, will there be temptations? Sure. Uh, often and, and always we're tempted and tried, but we can resist that thing. You know how, how the Lord resisted in the wilderness? Through the Word. It is written. Well, I tell you, mm, that's a whole other message, but, but I wish all the people that say they want to be like Jesus would have the same answer as Jesus. Because... Even though it's written, they go, I don't have to do that. <laughs> but the Lord said, no, it is written. It is written. It is written. And every time he overcame what was coming after him, and at the end, the angels came and ministered, and he came out of the wilderness in, in the power of the Spirit and began preaching. And, and you'd be amazed at the power we would walk in if we would just live by what was written. We're trying to skirt around what's written. We're trying to shave off of what's been written. Don't add to it. Don't take away. Just it's just in his word. It's in his word. So if it's in his word, do that. Just do what's in his word. Look, so look at Psalm 39. I think I gave you that, bro. Or sis. Whoever's up there running this thing. The psalmist said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my Tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle. There it is again. James wasn't the first one to put this out there. This is the way they, they lived. 
I have no doubt that James was thinking of these scriptures while he was writing this because this is what he cut his teeth on. This is what he heard in the synagogues. So he knew. It's a, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take heed to my ways. You know, if God don't want me talking like that, he'll just cover my mouth. No, he won't. But I can guarantee you, if you've got the Holy Ghost, the whole time you're getting ready to shoot off at the mouth, it's going, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. If you go ahead and pull the trigger, you went right past the Holy Ghost to do it. I will take heed to my ways. I'll sin not with my tongue. I'll keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I think verse 2, did I give you verse 2? Yeah. He said, and then he said, I was dumb with silence. I held my peace, even from good. Now, you see, sometimes you just think, but I, I really need to set the record straight. No, you don't. Just, oh, there's a time to speak and there's a time to and just shut up. Yeah, just there's a time to just zip it. He said, I was dumb with silence. I just, I let everybody else say what they were saying. I just let them say it. I held my peace, even from good, even from defending myself or saying anything right. I just, because... Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And you know, and then if you do speak, let it be a fountain of sweet water. You know what puts a fire out? Water. Water. So you could let that refreshing, good, cool water come out and shh. Bible says a soft answer, it turns away wrath. You have the ability to change things by the way you speak to it. In the power of the tongue is death and in the power of the tongue there's life. And sometimes the things we speak speak death but sometimes they speak life. And so he's saying uh, in my, he said I didn't even, took up for myself I, I, I didn't even say anything. Even, even whatever was right or what was good because I knew at this point and you realize this at some point when there's a commotion going on it doesn't matter what you say it's only going to set it off. It, it, uh, you're, you're in a place where it doesn't matter what I say right now. Pfft, it's going to blow up in my face. So I'm going to say nothing. I'm not going to text nothing. I'm not going to type nothing. I'm not going to look for a meme to post that uh, puts my point of view out there. There's a whole other message about this meme culture. If you were to start checking a lot of these memes against Scripture, you'd find out 95% of them probably don't add up. And I can guarantee you half them, them actors that they post with them memes ain't never said, ain't ever had that kind of wisdom. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure Matthew McConaughey said that. Yeah, it's, I'm sure old Keanu Reeves, whoa. Yeah. Don't think it happened. You know, well, I don't know how I got way over there, but but it's just as, as a pastor, you see things, and I think, wow. Every little thing like that has a, that'll get you. It's got just a little, little grain of some truth in it, and that's what makes people jump on it. But half truth ain't no truth. And we need to be really careful about searching 3 a.m. thoughts so we can post about how bad we're feeling or about how bad somebody treated us and just 
go to the scripture and just love people. Well, let me see where I, I might be able to try to find something good in here to get you all off. <laughs> Psalm 119 and 11. You, you know this scripture well. Lord, your word I have hid in my heart because in my heart are the issues of life, or out of my heart are the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So I hid your word in my heart so however I speak will reflect you and what I believe that I might not sin against thee. So I, I keep my heart with all diligence. I want to make sure that I keep the word in there, that I don't let anger or bitterness or or depression, or stress, or anxiety, other things that would just cause, you know, in the scripture, you talk, they were talking, James talked about bitter water and sweet water, and the children of Israel came to a pool in the desert one time, and they, they wanted that water, but it was, uh, it was bad, it was, the water was no good, it was, they couldn't drink it, and so the Lord, they, they cut that tree, threw it off in there, boom, the water was made sweet, and they were able to drink it. But the, the thing is, is that it can work the other way. Is that you can have a good fountain, a little bit of bitterness, and it'll change the taste of the water. Your little anger, your words are different. Got to be careful about what we let in our heart because it's going to come out. It's going to come out. In Luke 6 and 45, the Lord said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart he brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So what kind of treasure is there? I want a good treasure in my heart. It's either going to be good water or bad water, which means there's a good fountain or a bad fountain. It doesn't coexist. So if our language is worrying us, wow, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe we need to check the fountain, see where it's at. There's another major component, and uh, I'm getting ready to, to come on down a little bit, but there's another major component too um, that if we're missing this, it will affect our speech. It will affect what we say. Paul said this in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the first three verses. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. In other words, I can speak the language of men or the messengers of heaven, but if there's no love, it doesn't profit anything. It won't endure, it'll just fade away. He said, if I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so I could remove mountains, but I have not charity, I'm nothing. And even if I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but if I don't have charity, if I don't have love, it does not profit me anything. We need to make sure that our speech, he starts off with the way he speaks, that uh, if I am speaking without love in my heart, if there's no love for God and love for his people and love for the kingdom, love for his ways, Love for his word, whatever you, want, whatever you want to put there. If there's no love there, it will affect my speech. There will be no profit in the words I say. No matter how I dress them up, they just won't profit. 
He said, I could speak with the tongue of men and of angels. Tell you all kind of mysteries and all kind of great things. But if I don't love it, it won't profit you anything. It just will not work. And so James, uh, in James 1 and 26 and 27, he told us something to look for. Did I give you that? Oh, I didn't give you that. Well, I may have put, marked it in my Bible then. Let me turn to it. In James 1. Twenty-six and twenty-seven. So he says, "If any man among you seems to be religious, there's nothing wrong with being religious. If you're, as long as it's pure religion and undefiled. But he said, if any man among you seems to be religious, or seems like he serves the Lord, and he does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart, and his religion is vain." But pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So let's go back and see what he said. So if any man seems to be religious, well, why would I think he was? Because I see him doing these things. I see him going to visit the fathers, the widows. I see, I see him keeping himself unspotted from the world. But man, his mouth is rough. Guess what? Them acts don't mean anything. Because his religion is vain. Because he cannot bridle his tongue. And if he's not bridling his tongue, he's not being led of the Spirit. Because the Spirit will mortify that member. It will control that member. And so he's saying, here's how you can you know, check people is that if they're doing all these, well, they just do this, they do that, do this. But then you've been around them, you're like, boy, but the way they talk. Yeah. That's the identification. So I'll make sure that I am bridling my tongue. Yes, uh, I don't want to just be, well, I, you, listen, you can't hand out enough care packages to the poor to justify gospel. It won't, it won't work to justify lying. It won't work. You, you, you can, you can, man, you can hand out bowl, bowls of of, of cups of coffee and, and take sock hats to them and, and or man you can uh, we can give away gift bags and, and, and backpacks and all kind of things for the community we can do all that stuff but if our speech is just nasty and ugly and like a piercing sword nothing you, you, you can't do it because it don't weigh out it's not about goods it's not about well I did this much good that'll outweigh that bad no you, you just don't do that it's not about weighing it out. It's about let's do what's right so we can promote unity in ourselves, in our church, in, in the community, in the world, in the body as a whole. That's what we want to do. I don't want to ever get in the thing where I, where I can say, well, I don't really feel so bad about talking about so-and-so because I, I did preach today. Ooh. As a pastor, I won't be like, well, you know, I think the Lord cut me a little slack for going off on somebody. You know, I, I did preach twice today. You know, I did give a message in tongues during the service. So, I mean, I, I, I should have some credit built up with him where I could go off on somebody and him not be upset with me. No, I don't get, no, there's no loophole for pastors. No, sir, we, we, we should be the one leading this Uh you should never have a pastor just 
going off at the mouth. I know some that do. <laughs> That's just how I am. I'm sorry. Wish you wouldn't. Jesus said this in Matthew 5. I'm, I'm, I'm coming in for a landing. Matthew 5, 43 and 44. He said, you have heard that it's been said you'll love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemy. Bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. So, uh, you know, we bless God with this mouth, bless his people too. Bless them that curse you. Boy, Pastor, that's just tough stuff. Yeah, yes. Don't think I, I don't know that. That's why it takes the spirit. In our flesh, oh, we're going to fight back. We're going to give back just as good as we got. But it doesn't make you a coward. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you a wimp. It doesn't make you any less of a, a person, especially guys. Listen, up. it doesn't make you less of a man to just hold your tongue and just, you know, just, you know, we, we always say be the bigger person, whatever you want to call it, but, but be the biblical person. That's, that's a better way to say it. Be the biblical person. I'm not going to uh, let this uh, wreck me or I'm going to say something because uh, it's only going to stir it up. Don't do that. Let it go. Because you can't switch fountains. If you get comfortable cursing your enemy, it's just a small step from cursing your brethren. Because whoever your enemy is is just how you perceive them. So we've got to be careful. Got to be careful. In uh, Titus 2, Paul told him, he said, In all things you need to show yourself a pattern of good works. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. So he that is of the contrary part or the one that's just trying to be some way may be ashamed and then have no evil thing to say of you. Let your speech be sound speech. So it can't be, I've told people before, I said, listen, the truth is the truth. I said, and nobody can do anything against it. I said, because no matter what they say, it doesn't change the truth. And so Sound speech that cannot be condemned. Say the right things. Don't, you know what? Be careful about exaggerations. I've talked about this before. I said, you know, some people use exaggeration. They think they get away that they're not. I'm not actually lying. I'm exaggerating. I'm stretching the truth. You see, guys, well, we must have caught 70 fish, caught five. Well, we did have fish in the bucket. You didn't have 70, give or take. No, that fish was, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. Exaggeration. That's if, you know, you don't have to exaggerate. You don't have to exaggerate about God. You can't make him no better than he is. You don't have to exaggerate about church. Ain't nothing can make it no better than it is. You know? Oh, boy, I tell you, sometimes you're giving words of life. Folks need to be listening, paying attention. I'm not going to meddle right now. Sound speech. You can stand with me.
But these are ways that we can be better as a church, as individuals. In Colossians 4 and 6, he said, Let your speech be always with grace. Always. Always with grace. It's tough sometimes. If you feel that. That's why praying and, and being in the Spirit are so important. Being in tune with the Lord is so important because you never know when somebody's just going to call you or you answer the phone, hello, and boom, they're just going off on you right away. And immediately you're like, woo. If you're not ready, your speech won't be with grace. But when you have that, that, that grace, you realize that, man, something's going on. I know this person, and that's not them. And I'm going to have a little bit of grace right here because maybe they just got some bad news. Maybe they just lost a job. Maybe they just lost a loved one. Maybe you know, something just happened. So, something's going on. So I'm not going to let, I'm not going to react to that. I'm going to react the way the scripture says to react. And I'm going to let my words be with grace. Seasoned with salt so you will know how you ought to answer every man. You'll have an answer for anybody that ever comes to you. You'll always have an answer. And finally, Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 29 through 22. I think I'm over. Maybe I meant Ephesians 4, 29 through 22. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace, there's that grace again, unto the hearer. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. It's a grief to the Holy Ghost when you bypass him and go ahead and let it go. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That's how the church will be unified. And that's how I can help be the unity in the church by watching what I say and wanting you know, sometimes people, it's like, oh, that's such a chore to have to just watch what I say. You should want to never speak evil or ill of people. You should never want to do that. You should always want to speak to them. I pray all the time, God, help me to answer people the way you did. Because he knew when he was talking to them, they didn't like him. But he always had the best answer. He always knew just what to say and just how to say it and what to do. Even if he was correcting them, he could say it in such a way that they were just like, ooh. And it just stopped the situation. I want to know how to answer every man. I want to have that kind of grace. I want to be able to tame this tongue. So, so that's another lesson in the eye and unity. These are the things that I can do and that I should work on and I should strive for. And we should all do that because we're all that eye in unity. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you tonight and we thank you for your word. 
for your instruction, Lord, for helping us, God, to find unity in the house of God. Lord, let us be one in you. Let us love one another. Speak kind to one another. Uplift one another. Encourage one another. Teach one another. God, we're just going to praise you for this burst of unity that we're going to have, not just in our congregation, but in the body as a whole. God, that will help to endeavor and keep the unity of the Spirit. Lord, help us with this tonight. Let us learn these lessons, what to do and what not to do, so we can be more like you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. I'm thankful for his word. Thankful for his word. And we're going to be better together. Amen. Amen. Don't forget Sunday, new service times. Sunday school starts at 10. Worship service starts at 11. And so that means if you're in choir and music that you're supposed to be here about 8.30, I believe. Is that right? 6.30. I'll be here. Son. That's fine. Come on. We'll drink coffee together. No, uh, I think 8.30. 8.30 for music and 8.30. So it's a little earlier. That's all right. It's one day a week. Let's do it. Let's be here. Be excited. Invite somebody to church with you on Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.